a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're going to talk about what is a doula and why would you want one? <laughs> so full disclosure, I was a labor support doula for over 10 years, so maybe I'm a little biased about the support a doula can offer. So in this conversation, I am talking to Gina McNeil. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a birth doula, a birth photographer, and a maternal mental health advocate. Her passion is serving women and families locally in Alabama and virtually all over the world, helping parents to feel confident and empowered as they navigate every season of their parenthood journey. So Gina and I talk about a lot. First of all, we're going to go over what is a doula, how they play a role in birth, how they're not there to take the place of a partner, but to enhance what a partner can offer. And we're going to talk about how a doula is for every family, every type of birth, not just the unmedicated birth. So don't think that you have to have one type of birth in mind to get the benefits of a doula. And then of course, because Jean and I both are geeks for data and studies, we go into some of the benefits of having a doula with some hard facts behind it. Because again, who doesn't love a little bit of hard facts to make you feel confident about your choices? So it's quite a wonderfully filled conversation. I had a blast getting to know Gina. She and I are very much on the same wavelength, and I think you're going to learn a lot. And then one bonus of this conversation is, say you listen to this and you're thinking, yeah, a doula is right for me. Well, we go over questions that you may want to use when you're interviewing a doula. So again, I think you can get so much out of this jam-packed conversation. Before we get to that, I always like to give you a heads up about what's happening at PYC. So we have plowed through the holidays. We are well into 2024. Bonkers even saying that. I remember, I'm dating myself a little bit, but I remember the big turn of uh, the whole Y2K and here we are 2024 and things are going really well. We still have our classes online seven days a week, in-studio classes six days a week. We have a full on-demand library because I know my schedule is not your schedule necessarily. And we still have a full in-studio of schedule of workshops from everything from childbirth ed to lactation to infant safety CPR, comforting touch, the whole gamut to help support you through pregnancy and postpartum. And of course, we've got our teacher training. So we do it online three times a year in New York City once a year. And we have coming up this spring, our once a year postnatal teacher training. So lots of opportunities to study. All right, we're going to take a super quick break. And when we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Gina. 
a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or set to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo Set as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, Gina. How are you? Hey, Deb. I'm good. So good to talk to you today. I am really excited. As we were talking before I pressed record, we have both been in the birth work doula work for a while, and I'm so excited to pick your brain because... <laughs> I'm going to play a little fangirl. I've been watching you on Instagram for a while and I'm like, she knows her stuff. I like her. So that is why I reached out to you, especially when I had some students saying, let's have another podcast about doulas because it's been actually a while. And so I'm just excited to dive in because one of my students literally said to me, why should someone have a doula? And I'm like, oh, we need to do a podcast on that. So yeah, well, I am so thankful and honored that you would choose me to hang out and talk with you. So yeah. Yay. All right. So let's know what your questions are. All right. So let's jump in with I'd love to learn a little bit about you and what led you to doula work. Well, um, I actually was a graphic designer for about 13 years. Um, but when I got pregnant with my first child, I was interested in having an unmedicated birth. I think, you know, at the time I was like, I don't even know. Um, but I didn't do any kind of prep for it. And by just sheer luck, honestly, this woman came into my life and was like, Hey, I heard you're interested in giving birth and medicated. And I just want to be the voice that tells you that you can do it. Cause I'm sure you get a lot of like negative, you know, feedback about that, but I want to be honest with you you're probably not going to get there doing what you're doing, which is nothing. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. she was like, I've, you know, birthed three times, three different ways. Um, and if you're interested in just having a conversation, I'd love to like share some things with you that I learned um, that may help you get closer to your goals. And so my first response was like, I don't know you, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but like that was in my head. And so when I sent her a message back, I was like, you know, like I would love to do that. And so I sat with her and she told me about her different birth experiences um, and just gave me so much encouragement. And where I was starting to kind of be afraid and dread giving like birthing my child. Um, after speaking with her, I felt so much lighter and really encouraged. And I was like, oh, this can be something I can enjoy. Like that sounds great. Um, and so then of course I was like, well, you have to be at my birth. <laughs> um, and so my husband was like, who's this lady that is just <laughs> coming into this space? And I was like, she has to be here. Um, so she acted as my doula for my first birth. And um, I did have a really beautiful um, and empowering birth experience. Um, and then she got pregnant and was like, you know, can you help support me in the same way I supported you? And I was like, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I, and that is not my... I thought you were going to say, absolutely, I will. I did not no. expect you to be like, absolutely not. I actually, all throughout college, all of my friends who are in nursing school, I'm like, ew, y'all are going to have to work with body fluids all the time. Um, but anyway, so 
I finally agreed to do that, but I was like, you know, I want to take a training um, to actually be able to help you. And so um, I signed up to for doula training, not realizing I was about two weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. um, and so by the time training rolled around, I was about 12 and a half weeks pregnant. And when my doula birthed, I was about 20 weeks. Um, and it was really tough. Like that was not the one to do the intro, you know, when you're pregnant, I feel like for me. Um, but it was very like eye opening and just like the need that the support need that is there in any kind of birthing environment, just for families to feel supported, to help advocate, um, you know, that really stuck with me. And so I did have my little boy, my doula was present, even though her baby was only five months old. Um, and I was kind of like, I might do this every now and then, you know, but for the most part, I'm going to stick with my job. But opportunities just kept presenting themselves. You know, people would hear about maybe births that I had attended or, you know, supported and were like, you know, can I please just hire you to do this? Um, and I'm a faith based person. Um, and I truly felt like that was what the Lord was calling me to do. And I was like, no, thank you. Um, twice, actually. And um it just kind of got to the point where, again, those opportunities were coming. And so I was taking more of those. And then into 2021, I went into birth work full time. Um, and my business really changed from that point on and um, grew exponentially. And so that's how I landed here working with body fluids after, <laughs> you know, all those years. And I love it. I truly can't believe that I would have ever said no to this because it is the greatest honor to be chosen by a family in that sacred space um, to help welcome their little miracle. Like, it's just, I cannot imagine a job better than what I have. It is pretty amazing. Granted, I haven't done a birth, although when you're talking about being 20 weeks pregnant at a birth, for when I was pregnant with both my kids, I was still attending births. It is hard. <laughs> and so I just commend you for going through that first one and not being like, and I am done with this. Like it must have really spoken to you. And there is something special every birth. And I've done, I think my, I was a little over a hundred births when I stopped. I still got teary at every birth. It was not just the birth of the baby. It was just, it was taking in the moment of seeing that baby born, but then seeing the parents or sometimes it was a, a single parent just respond to what they did, no matter how it unfolded. It was mm -hmm. just, and then watching the baby and the parent come together, it, it still just kind of opens my heart with just complete warmth. I know that sounds so cheesy, but no, it, you're there right. is something to witness. It's just, it is a, it's an honor. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't expecting to go there, but okay. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, none of, no two are the same. It's like it's this, this beautiful, unique experience every time. Yeah. And like, you know, to speak to what you said about being just being present to see a baby born is so amazing. Um, and I have found myself, and this was true early on. I'm always looking at the, the mom, like every time and like what she f is feeling, what she is experiencing. And um, like that is what I just, I love being able to also reflect with them on that, yeah. um, postnatally. Um, and I really feel like the way in which we birth and how we're supported are the things that stick with us absolutely you know, throughout our parenting journey. And so I think that's part of why having a doula can be so important is to, you know, start that parenthood experience like that. Feeling supported from the beginning is so important. So I guess we've been talking about 
doulas a bit. But before we go into why someone would choose a doula, let's start to describe what a doula is and the role they play in birth. Because I'm sure there are a few people listening. They're like, you throw this doula word around and I'm really not sure what that means. <laughs> yeah. If I can tell you like a funny story, sure. my sister took me to this performance called Symphony of Dance a couple of weeks ago. And she got to meet Derek Huff. Mm -hmm. um, from Dancing with Stars and his wife. Um, and so because I got to be a tag along, we got to do a meet and greet and she was like, ask a question, ask a question. And so I was like, okay, if you guys start a family, will you have a doula? And I heard this lady behind me go, Oh, what? (laughs) And I'm like, yes, we still don't know what a doula is. And that is normal. And a question we get a lot. So I usually like to tell people that a doula is just an unbiased non-medical professional that can be hired to give informational, emotional, and physical support before, during, and after birth. And really, I kind of liken it to hiring a guide for whitewater rafting. Every ride is going to be different. And while there are going to be some people who can completely do it on their own, most of us would love to have a guide who they may not know exactly every detail of what's coming up, but they have the skill to help navigate so that we can enjoy the ride. Um, so that's kind of how I like to help people understand what my role is um, in their support circle. I absolutely love that. I actually just went whitewater rafting a few weeks ago when I was in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And my guide was the best because I almost flew out of the raft and <laughs> He literally, I felt a hand push me down. And then every time we're starting to hit some like grade four, grade five um, rapids again, this is my first time. He's like, get down, get down the boat. It's like, <laughs> he's like, I felt so taken care of. He was like, you're right. It's like a doula. They're looking out. They know the twists and turns. They know how to support. So I just had a big smile on my face when you were talking about that. All right. So we're talking about why someone would want a doula. So how would you respond when someone says they're concerned that their doula will push their partner out of the experience? Because that's something else that the students will say to me. They're like, but I want my husband or my partner involved. Isn't the doula going to overtake things? So that is a question that I get pretty frequently. Um, Either partners are wondering if I may take their place. I've even had people's parents or other family members, you know, wonder if I'm going to kind of be in the way of them being able to experience, you know, the birth as well. And so what I like to communicate to families who have that question is that I'm just a team member. And one of my greatest desires is to work with the whole family to help them prepare to welcome their baby together. I'm just in a support role. And my hope is to facilitate confidence throughout the whole family unit and invite them in where I feel they may be able to contribute. So that may look like, you know, if the mom is laboring and needs counter pressure, and I recognize that I may start doing it and then invite her partner or her mother or sister, whoever's there to come tag in on that. And then me step away and just continue to hold space so that they're welcoming the baby together. I like that. What also about the thought where I've had people say, well, can't my partner just be my doula? Yeah. And that's another one. I feel like, um, I've even had people say, Oh, well, I don't really need a doula because my mom is there or, you know, my partner or whatever. Um, and I will say, I want to like speak to that in a, a positive light because in 2020, when I wasn't able to go into my local hospitals, I did have to teach these people how to do my job. Um, and I know that was a lot on their shoulders. And I even communicated that, like, listen, this is, this is a heavy assignment, but you can do this. 
Um, but also what I found in doing that is that those family members didn't quite get to enjoy birth as much as times like before that. And so that's kind of what I like to communicate to families as well is that while they they definitely do have a role where they can contribute greatly, my hope is that if I'm present, I'm helping you take that weight off of your shoulders mm-hmm. so that you can enjoy every moment as much as possible and know that you have somebody who does this all the time looking out for you. I also found when I was doing the doula work that there's a different emotional involvement because it can be really hard for family members to watch someone they love go through something very different than they see them on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And for some, it it can be a lot of big sensation and that can actually be scary to family members. So I found the, and of course, you know, I care for my, my, my clients, but it's not the same as being emotionally involved. So I found that to be a real benefit of having a doula. And funny thing was for my second birth, I was, I asked my husband, like, I know my midwife's going to have a midwifery assistant. Do you think we really need a doula? My husband's like, absolutely. We absolutely need a doula. He's like, I'm already on the phone with Terry. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I gotcha. Yes. And I always love getting that feedback as well from other, you know, family members that, you know, I had one dad actually leave me a review one time and he was like, I'll be honest with you, every appointment that I came to, I was like, what is this girl? Like, what are we doing? And what are these stretches she's telling us to do? And he said, after the birth, he was like, you are worth your weight in gold. And I'm going to tell everybody they need a doula. So I think you're right. It's that realization of like, they can be a little more free to just be in that one specific role and, you know, not feel the weight of, navigating things they don't do on a regular basis, but basically to speak to what you said, the emotional aspect, you know, having someone who can be present and still provide, you know, unbiased information, that calm presence. I think that's super important for that balance in the birth space. Yeah. And they don't have a certain like, you know, partnerships have dynamics. Like I remember in my second birth, my two, I was starting to get really angry that it was just hard. And my husband is trying so hard to massage me. And he was actually choking me. And my doula just said, okay, we're getting off the ball. You're going into the shower. I'm like, no, I am certainly not. And she's like, yep, we are. And I think if sometimes if it's an emotional partner, it could be hard mm-hmm. to kind of hold that. But I, I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. Cause she told me I had to do it. But so I, yeah, I think there is the, the intimacy of a couple and yeah. the dynamics could also be, I don't want to say challenging, but it's different. Like a partnership is different than how the doula can sometimes navigate in a different way. And I'm going off on a little tangent, but I think, I bet you can relate to that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So how are doulas for every family and every type of birth, not just the unmedicated births? Yeah, I love that question because I feel like, you know, the thought process, like when somebody hears about doula, if they do know what it is, it's like, oh, well, that's, you know, for that type of family, quote unquote, you know, and I always, I'm like, what what type do you mean? It's like, oh, you know, families that birth at home, birth unmedicated and that kind of thing. Um, but what I like to 
you know, just help people understand is that doulas are at your service all throughout pregnancy, during your birth, and sometimes weeks postpartum, depending on how that doula, um, you know, contracts out clients to help just answer questions, explore what options may be most desirable for you, and just help you feel as as confident as possible in each of those seasons. So whether you're birthing unmedicated or medicated or vaginal or cesarean at home or the hospital, doulas help give those suggestions for breathing and movement and partner support, and they help advocate. So I feel like no matter how or where you birth, those support areas can be invaluable to your overall experience. I 100% agree. And I absolutely agree that people sometimes think like doulas, for example, like hippie crunchy, only one way, but who couldn't use support? Like who couldn't use an extra set of hands and eyes and just a good heart there. Yeah. And I like to tell people like doulas are like a birth buddy. So like if you are six months pregnant and it's nine o'clock at night and your hip hurts and you can't get comfortable sleeping, you're not going to call like your OB or midwife most likely, but you might text your doula and be like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Do you have any ideas on what I could do? And I'm going to text you back. Yeah. I feel like if you do this like stretch or two, maybe get you some magnesium oil when you can and rub that in that spot. If you experience it again, maybe can rest a little better. So it's just, you know, being that like go-to person that you know is there just simply to serve you. Yeah. And a lot of doulas have a lot of information and different backgrounds. Like if you talk to your typical OB or midwife, be like, all right, so what positions should I be doing ahead of birth to help prep my pelvis and pelvic floor? I don't think many care providers can offer that feedback. Because even if it's a medicated birth, we still want things to be internally balanced because we know that's going to make birth smoother. And so that's, again, another point where I think a doula can help with the preliminary work, even if it's going to be medicated, even a cesarean, we still want things to be smooth so things can heal well. Yes. Like you were speaking my language when you say balance, I'm like, you know, every doula is different and we all specialize in different things. I I feel like body balance and movement is one of mine. And, um, you're absolutely right about, I feel, especially for medicated birth and especially for cesarean birth, we need to help people understand that prepping your body ahead of time to undergo some of those things is not only going to help you have a better and hopefully more smooth birth experience, but a better recovery. Yeah. I have some students that will be like, well, I'm going to have an epidural. Do I really need to do all this? I'm like, in fact, probably more because we need to make sure that baby's well aligned because if movement is more limited with an epidural, we don't want things, we don't want baby coming in you know, asynclitic. We mm-hmm. don't want the, the pelvic floor really tight. So yeah, that's, I mean, as a prenatal yoga teacher and I'm also a spinning babies educator, like this is the thing. And I know you feel the same way because I've, yes. I've read your stuff and watched it. It's the preliminary work that can make the actual birth much smoother. And most typical will be in, in midwives. That's just not their focus. They're focused, you know, in a more medical scenario. Yeah. And like to that effect as well, I've had clients be like, oh, well, my OB hasn't told me anything about that. And so I like to use that opportunity to say, hey, you've hired a you know medical professional, whether it be an OB or midwife, you know, to take care of your medical needs. Um, but they're really not going to be on the really heavy on the childbirth education front. And that's what a doula is for, is to help, you know, fill in all of those gaps um, in the in the preparation sense. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. We're speaking such a sin language. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to actually go into, because I love data and I love studies. We're going to actually talk about some data that supports the benefit of doulas. So people out there, they're like, well, it's all talk, but let's give some data. Okay. We'll be right back. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Okay, so we are back. So can you explain some of the findings of the studies that talk about having a doula can be beneficial for the pregnant person? Yeah. First of all, I want to say, I think you're my new best friend because you just talked about body balance and then you went straight into, I love a study. So like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, and that's one of the things I like to, you know, one of the initial resources I like to share with families is there's an evidence-based birth article on the um, benefit of doulas and some of the things that it shares that, you know, the study benefits are, are the, a great decrease in the risk of cesarean um, in the United States. I can't remember exactly what the percentage was last year, but it's in the 30s, some odd percent. And so about one in every three births are going to result in cesarean birth, but having a doula may decrease your personal risk of that. Um, increase in the likelihood of spontaneous vaginal birth. Um, and also this was not in the study, but something that um, I think is being studied, but also um, the rate of vaginal birth when inductions are you know, chosen or necessary. Um, decrease in the use of any medications for pain relief. Um, shorter labors, lower risk of five-minute five APGAR scores for baby. Um, and also just a large decrease in the risk of being dissatisfied with the birth experience in general. Mm. Um, and I find that to be personally true, no matter again, where or how a birth happens, or even I'll be honest, like there have been some where there, you know, the, the, the scenarios surrounding birth were really tough, but at the end of the day, you know, families are able to communicate, you know, that was a hard ride, but I feel really good about it because I was able to make the decisions that I felt were best for me. And I felt confident in navigating those things. So, yeah, I really think that final point also is just so important. The satisfaction. I remember doing a podcast with um, Penny Simkin years ago. I was, by the way, because I know as a Julie, you probably love her too. Yeah. I was like, freak. I was like fangirling on her. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm Penny Simpkin. Uh, but she really talked about the difference between pain and suffering and the role a doula can make. She's like, somebody could be in pain, 
but they're not suffering depending on how they're being treated, how they're being supported, how they're being listened to. And she said, and somebody could be suffering even if they're not in a great amount of pain because they're feeling unheard and Mm -hmm. dismissed. And I think you really exemplified that with the idea about the satisfaction that you know, births don't always go as planned. I say, actually, most of them don't. But when you have someone advocating and seeing you and supporting you, that can make the difference between a traumatic experience or just uh, turning a corner in a different way you weren't then expecting. Yeah. And I think, you know, just culturally, there's so much fear surrounding birth. And, you know, we've been given this narrative that birth is horrible and it's painful and it's something you've just got to get over so that you can get a baby. But what I have learned, not only through my own birth experiences, which by the way, I do not like being uncomfortable. I don't even want to sweat my clothes, but I, because of the information and the support that I was given, I was able to have unmedicated births. And I was like, this is amazing, you know, but I feel like it's because of that support. And because I had somebody speaking that life into me and, um, I just feel like that's, you know, one of the greatest facets of being able to educate moms and just under and families in general and the general public, you know, through Instagram when we try, (laughs) um, is to help people understand that birth is not something you just have to get through power through It's something that you can experience and it will change you dramatically in the most beautiful and transformative ways. And yes, some of those experiences are going to be really, really tough. And there's going to be things you have to navigate that you just did not see coming. Like in that whitewater raft and a branch comes near your face and you have to duck. (laughs) Like there's going to be some things that, you know, are going to push you to your boundaries. But when you step past those boundaries, there is nothing like that feeling of just going past what you thought was possible for yourself. Oh, I absolutely love that. All right. So you talked a little bit about some of the stuff about before that you, the doula, the doula client can reach out to you if you had questions, but let's talk a little bit more of the whole picture of a doula. So if someone's starting to think like, oh yes, I need that advocate, but it's so much more than just the birth experience. So can you lay out what someone may expect? I know all doulas function a little differently, but what typically happens before the birth and kind of what to expect about when a doula shows up on the scene, what they offer during, and then really the after part as well. Yeah. Um, typically what I like to tell clients is I intend to be present for every piece of your journey, but I'm going to help prepare you so that you are so confident that if none of us show up, you're still going to feel really good about it. Um, but in that I do like to meet several times pre prenatally as many doulas do. Um, and I feel like that's what make makes having a doula work is getting to know that person one-on-one and building this rapport so that in those very intimate and vulnerable moments, you have a person you can look in the eyes that you've met with several times and feel comfortable with and be able to communicate freely with them Mm -hmm. and trust, you know, the information that they're giving you. Um, So meeting a couple of times prenatally, prenatally. And that looks like getting to know each other, um, doing some childbirth education, um, and really just staying in touch all throughout the, you know, the pregnancy journey. So by phone and by email, um, that's the best way, in my opinion, to just 
keep those lines of communication open and understand what's going on um, in a family's, you know, in a family's life and a mother's pregnancy so that you can, for me as a doula, can uniquely support them on the birthday because everybody's going to be different, you know? Yeah. Um, and then just help, help families explore what their birth options are. Cause I feel like even with the best childbirth education classes, there can still be so many questions left like, okay, well, that was great general information, but I don't know. I still don't know the intricacies, you know, to all of the options that were just presented. And so um, doulas help walk through all of those so that ahead of time, you can kind of think about what those options may be and how you may want to navigate those. Also, how to advocate for those things or navigate deviations from that. Um, so that when, and we have to say when, because something in birth is going to come up that you didn't expect when something like that happens, it doesn't take you off track and put you in that fear mode. It's that moment of accepting like, okay, here's the thing. And here are the ways that I can navigate this. Um, and then of course, just be available to help answer again, like those random questions of like, oh, my hip hurts or what is this when I wiped, um, that you may not send to your OB or midwife, um, just navigating general information and maybe understanding what to expect in each, you know, stage of motherhood. So, you know, during pregnancy and during birth and postpartum, as anything comes up, again, you just have that go-to person um, to stay in touch with and get some answers for your questions. And then um, I feel like doulas are really great about helping families communicate with their providers Mm -hmm. um, so that they can build a relationship with them as well and understand more about their own health and what um, choices may be best for them. Um, and then help make suggestions for unique resources like PT, chiropractic care, counseling, yoga, like any of these things that could be unique to this one person's journey and help them have a better experience. It's really cool to be able to um, help them discover those things. When do you typically head over? So say someone, you've been on call. I was always on call at 37 weeks. I know some people do 38 weeks. Um, and then I would have my clients, I wouldn't head over at like the first contraction. We usually had a conversation on the phone, checking in. Although in the very beginning, sometimes like when it's a first doula, like very beginning, I'm like, I'm here too early. Um, so <laughs> I used to just list, like check in all the time. Sometimes, especially being in New York city, we could be blocks away. So sometimes I'd pop over and leave. And mm-hmm. then really determine when it's time to hunker down. What's your, what's your way of doing it? Yeah. So usually I'll tell families to stay in touch with me pretty closely starting around 36 weeks or sooner if they're having any kind of, you know, labor-like activity, hopefully not at that point, but it happens. Um, but somewhere around 36 weeks, I just ask, you know, families to keep in touch and just let me know, like, Hey, are you experiencing, you know, elevated Braxton Hicks or any new feelings in your body, losing your mucus plug, you know, things like that, that could be indicative of, you know, labor at some point. Um, I do go on call at 38 weeks and you're right. Everybody's different. Um, around here in Alabama, in case you can't tell from my accent, um, a lot of doulas go on call at 39 weeks. I'll be honest. That makes me 39. It it makes me really nervous. Um, really? But okay. 
I'm like, y'all. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I do 38 weeks unless it's like a repeat client um, or somebody who's like having their fourth, fifth, you know, um, I'll go and call it 37 weeks. But um, as I, I encourage clients to, because we're staying in close communication at 36 weeks, I can have a better understanding of what's going on so that when they call and say, and I require a call, not a text, <laughs> um, but that, like I ask them to call me and just let me know what's going on. And if it sounds like they could be kind of in that space of impending labor, or maybe they're even in early labor, I'll give some suggestions there, like, you know, try to stretch and rest and eat and just, you know, don't do a whole lot of anything. And I think that's one thing where um, a lot of moms try to get things going, quote unquote, because they get so excited. I'm like, that's, this is not the time. This is where we put gas in the tank. Um, and so we stay in close contact throughout early labor. And as things begin to change, like when contractions are starting to really get your attention and you're having to stop what you're doing, I want to, I would love another update at that point so that I can kind of understand, you know, how your labor is trending. And then I typically come on the scene right around like active labor. So when contractions have gotten pretty consistently in a pattern, um, and you're definitely starting to have to work through contractions. Like that's when I like to arrive. Um, just as I feel like sometimes when I have been there a little early, it is almost like a distraction mm -hmm. um, and can actually make labor space back out. Um, and so that's kind of like the sweet spot I try to hit. Now, there are times where if somebody has been in early labor for quite a long time or they're in that prodromal labor, you know, that start stop yeah. for days, I might offer to come over to their house and just help stretch them out. Um, what I have found recently is that doing a fear release with someone is just as valuable as anything else. Mm -hmm. um, just helping them process what they're feeling, any kind of emotions they're dealing with and just like seeing them work through that and like, submit to that and be free from that. Like yes. sometimes that's the thing to help them get into labor yes. and, you know, I'll get out of their way. And again, just when things pick back up, come back. Um, and then I stay through the duration of birth. Um, sometimes that might be an hour and sometimes that might be 26 hours. <laughs> um, but I try to stay on as long as I can, though. I do have a backup clause that if I've been with you in person for more than 12 hours, I reserve the right to call a backup. Um, and I, I have really, especially in the last several months, really leaned on backup support. Um, I have in the past for those super long births, I've understood that, you know, the best way I can support a family is to give them the best support possible. And if I'm not it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but especially, um, like I said, in the last couple of months, I have given births completely over to, um, backup doulas sometimes. Um, and that's not always ideal for the families that can be a little scary to have a backup come in, but I always ensure them that I'm going to choose somebody who is similar in personality to me that has, you know, similar experience and background that I do so that it would be a seamless, you know, entry into their space. When, can I ask a question about the backups again? I know all doulas work differently. I would again. I'm a little type A, so don't don't judge me too much. But um, when I would meet with my clients, and I also I only took my doula client. That's no, sorry, my uh, my yoga students. So okay. I got to know them on a you know two three times a week 
that mm-hmm. li- uh, basis. I would do my meetings and I would type up the notes and I would send them to them to the the client for approval and then I would send my notes to the backup doula. Mm-hmm. Do you know is that common? Is that something that you do too in case your doula in case your backup has to step in? So I, I do something similar. And when you say type A, girl, you're like speaking my language. Like you have <laughs> no judgment here. Um, I actually always say it's so funny to me that this was my calling to come into a place where you never know when you're going to go to work or how long you're going to be there. Um, but yeah, like I keep notes all throughout um, pregnancy. So every time I meet with a client, I'll take paper notes because I don't like to type on a computer while I'm talking to somebody. Um, but I keep a really long list of any kind of details and notes and things like that. And I always tell my clients, that's what I'm doing is just keeping them for me, but also in case I ever needed to communicate those, you know, to another support person. Um, but in, in the event that a backup is needed, most of the time I've had enough time to say, Hey, um, you know, by phone, call them and give them the, the most information that I can as possible and also send those notes and say, if you have, you know, any questions about these notes, you know, call me back. But I feel like they're usually thorough enough to like explain what a person's personality type might be like some strict, like by what the client has told me, what they feel like their strengths and weaknesses are and where they might want help and not want help and what their preferences are. Um, and I feel like that's a really, has been a really good way to communicate those quickly um, for those times we don't have a ton of time. Yeah. I love that you take notes um, throughout everything that you do with them. If I was still doing birth work, I would totally be like, yes, I'm going to take that. So <laughs> this is good for the doulas out there that maybe are new to learn some, you know, some habits that I think are really smart. All right. So let's jump forward. So baby's been born. You've done an amazing job supporting. Everyone's happy. Where do we go from there? Yeah. I mean, typically when I'm leaving the birth space, whether it's home or hospital, I'll remind the mom first, I'll be like, Hey. This is not the time to learn new information, but I do want to be the reminder that I am still here for you. I'm not going to bombard you with messages, but I will check in with no expectation for you to respond until you're ready. Um, And then I look to the partner, mom, sister, whoever is there to give them that reminder as well. Because prenatally, I share a postpartum support plan that we try to fill out together to um, talk about some of those needs that may arise postpartum. Um, and in that meeting, I remind them, you know, that, um, I'll be on contract for six weeks, typically. I mean, everybody's different. Postpartum is really important to me. Um, so I just try to give them that reminder that somebody is there and available because, you know, once you go home or you're at home when you birth for the first couple of days, you're just trying to like get back mentally, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. You're just kind of in this like post-birth different realm. Like what is time at that point? And so once you come out of that after, you know, start to come out of that for a couple of days, you may have lots and lots and lots of questions and feel really overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a doula is still there to be that buffer and to give information and emotional support, physical support when needed. Um, But yeah, it's not always typical. I don't know what it's been like in your area or maybe what you did, but 
here, um, a lot of doulas will contract out two weeks postpartum. Um, but to be just honest and vulnerable, I had beautiful birth experiences, but my postpartums were a dumpster fire. Mm. Um, and I found that somewhere around week three or four, I started feeling really lonely and just overwhelmed and, you know, didn't know how to communicate what my emotions and what my needs were. And so I felt, I felt like that was a need to just continue to be available for somebody. And I always tell people six weeks that, I mean, it's going to be three months later. I'm going to be like, how, how are you doing? Just thinking about you, you know, um, because postpartum is one is forever, yes. but you recover for well over six weeks. It's months and months and months and months. <laughs> Yeah, I would do like a two week check in when they were ready, like go like go to the house and hang mm-hmm. out, and then I would do just like random check ins. Um, but then I also, because they were students, they would usually come back around six weeks. So then I would also mm-hmm. see them, and because of that, we also had correspondence of you know resources and just little check ins. It was I as I'm realizing more and more, it was very special to have. And I made a decision early on just to work with my students after having a bad experience of working without with someone who I hadn't known as well. It was really, we got to know each other and I, I found it to be just such a special way to support people. But it sounds like the way that you do it just is really embodying everything. Like you're, you're just so present for them. And again, I'm hoping that doulas that are newer to this path, take what you're saying about realizing there is a, a pretty big drop of hormones around that 10 to 14, a little beyond. And that's where the overwhelm, like you explained, and, and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that you had that experience. And I think that can help people learn where there can be a need. Yeah. So, and I yeah. think I'm still learning too on the post. So I actually did postpartum doula work. Um, and then I realized pretty quickly that you can't do both birth doula work and then be simply a postpartum doula because you can't cancel on those postpartum moms who are counting on you to be there when you have to get a birth. But, um, I do still feel like even though clients understand that they've paid for the service for six more weeks after their baby is born. And I do offer to come, you know, to their home and sit with them and just, you know, be available. A lot of families don't take advantage of that. Um, and I don't know if it's because they are kind of in that overwhelm and they just don't want somebody in their space or, you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, help still continue to help at somebody's comfort level. Um, but I do feel like there's a little disconnect there sometimes. Yeah. My midwife had something that went, that worked really well for, I think like, it's maybe six to eight weeks. So for the first two weeks, we did a phone call or a text like every day. And oh, then yeah. it would be, she would just text me and I would, I think it was a phone call, just like uh want to hear my voice. All is good. And then after that, it was just a text. I think like every other day, just check it in. Do you need anything? And so I felt really comfortable knowing that I had someone kind of having my back. And then we had our six week checkup, like the actual one where, you know, she made sure, you know, everything was fine. Um, but there was some comfort because even though I adore my doula and she was my mentor, we didn't have that kind of continuous care Mm -hmm. after, you know, after about two weeks. Yeah. So I like what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. 
No, no, I was going to say like, with, you know, ha- and I'm, did you give, did you birth at home? I did. So <laughs> that is, I will say it is a little unique, um, having a home birth midwife. And it's funny, I just did a, a podcast recording with a midwife who does home birth and hospital births. Mm. And she was talking a bit about the protocols for home birth midwives and hospital midwives, and they're very different. Yeah. All right. So someone might be listening to this and now they're super excited to have a doula. Where should they start when they think that they want to hire a doula? What kind of questions might they talk to their doula about to make sure they're a good match? Yeah. I mean, I love to tell people, you know, if you're able to connect with local doulas by, you know, just a simple Google search and you're able to find some that way, you know, look at their website, see if they have a frequently asked questions page. That can be a good way to get some insights and start, you know, trying to decide if this is a person you might want to talk to or not. Um, Google search is not always the best, though, to be completely honest. There are some other resources like doulamatch.com um, or maybe it's doulamatch.net. I can't remember um, that you can find doulas that way. But once you do, I recommend actually interviewing a couple of doulas. Um, unless you just find one that you were just like, I know it's this person, like this is the one. Um, but interview a few and ask questions kind of like some of the questions you've been, you know, we've been talking about just, you know, how long have you been a doula and how did you come into this work? What trainings have you completed? How many births have you attended? Um, One I love to get is like, what is your birth philosophy? So that helps Mm -hmm. you understand a little bit how they see birth and if that kind of aligns with what, how you feel about it. Um, do you support every type of birth? That's really yep. important um, because not every doula does and that's okay. Um, some specialize in one area or the other, and then some do all of them. Uh, let's see how and when are payments made. I think that's a really important one yep. to understand the financial investment. And it is, it is very much an investment. Um, again, everybody's very different. You'll see a wide range of prices, but um I always like to tell people like it can be sticker shock sometimes, but also doulas often offer payment plans and some of us offer discounts for certain things like right now, because in the great state of Alabama, our um, birthing options are being taken from us one at a time. I give a a discount for people birthing at home because they're now incurring a little more cost Mm. um, than they would have. So it's always okay to ask those questions too. And then how many clients do you take per month? Sometimes that's going to really matter to a person, whether they're one of five or one of two. (laughs) Um, Do you like working with OBs and midwives? Um, What's the likelihood of you being at my birth? I feel like that's one of the biggest ones is like, okay, I hire you and I invest in this. Are you going to (laughs) come? And that's a good place to have that conversation of, you know, that backup support as well. Um, Because the reality is, is again, like, most of us, all of us are going to want to try to be at the birth, but if heaven forbid, like I get the flu or my kid's sick, I'm not going to bring that, you know, into your space. And so just helping them understand that they will be supported, I think is really important. I have one that I want to add and because that it meant so much to me. So I had, when I was a doula and even as a childbirth educator, I have a mentor, Terry Richmond. She's done many podcasts with me. She was my doula for both my kids. Full disclosure, I adore her. But when I first started out, even though I did my doula training and, you know, I, I knew a fair amount, I'd been doing prenatal yoga, I was already a, a Lamaze teacher. I 
still felt like, do I, what do I know? <laughs> you know, I'm jumping into this. And so I had several births that I remember my very first posterior birth. I'm like, what is going on? I was able to reach out to her and be like, this is what I'm seeing. I am so confused by this labor pattern. I, I need some help. And so she was able to mentor me on the spot and then I could bring that in. So that was helpful as I was a newer doula. And then as I continued and felt, you know, I had a fair amount under my belt, she and I would still, after after births, discuss the births. And, you know, hindsight's the best. Be like, oh, you, this is what I saw. What do you think? And it was just so helpful. Even when I did over a hundred births, I still had that opportunity to dissect it with her. And she's done well over a thousand. So mm. I think asking, especially for a newer doula, asking them, do they have a mentor or someone they can touch base with when things are just, you know, a little off the norm? What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a great one. I love that. I will say too, um, something that I get a lot of the time is, are you a certified doula? And it depends on who you ask, um, what weight is put on that. I personally did choose to certify with two entities and of course, just continue education with some other trainings. But even as a certified doula, I would just love to encourage families to talk to any doula because you know, at, at some point I was not certified. I was having to work towards certification and I don't feel any different now that I have a piece of paper. Yeah. I think there is lots of very wonderful, knowledgeable, very gifted doulas who choose not to certify. So I'll usually just tell people like, you know, just consider that may not be, you know, a definitive for you. That's a good one. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, what is one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new and expectant parents. We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we're back. So I'm so curious where how you're going to answer this because you are a mom of two, so you've been through this, but you're also a doula of many years. So <laughs> which hat are you going to put on? What is a final <laughs> tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer? I think just... Overall, what I would love to tell just any family is to think about birth as the first event that you do together as a family. Um, Again, birth is not just something to simply be endured. It can be a really beautiful and empowering experience, no matter how or where you birth. And you definitely won't always remember all those details, but you'll remember how you felt and how you were treated and you'll just carry that into parenthood. And so it's a really big deal. The way that you birth matters. And investing in that experience is invaluable. Oh, I really like that. Where can people find your work? Uh, Really, the easiest way to connect with me is through my website. Um, I'm old school. I love, you know, email. (laughs) Um, There you can find things like information on in-person and virtual support options, some frequently asked questions. You can see my Instagram and blog posts there, some photography 
some photography examples, and then sometimes just things I recommend just for every, um, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I literally looked out the window at a bird. That's what happened. <laughs> All right. Pick that up. Here, I'll pick it up from, also say the name of your website. So I'm going to start that one again. Okay. Give me okay. one second. Where can people find your work? The easiest way to connect with me is through my website. There you can find things like information on in-person and virtual doula support options, frequently asked questions, Instagram and blog posts, photography examples, and things that I just recommend for different stages of motherhood. And I'll be honest, you can send me a message on Instagram, but I'm old school, so I'm going to probably check my emails first. All right. And what is the name of your website? It's bydesigndoulaservices.com. And I'm going to say for the listeners, go ahead and check out Gina's reels. They're great. I have been inspired by many of your reels on Instagram. You just, when you said you were a graphic designer, I'm like, ah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, I wonder if, because I actually went to college at, to be an interior designer um, and my parents helped pay for my college and now I play on the internet all day. So I kind of wonder. <laughs> My mom tells me she's proud all the time. So, Well, you do excellent, excellent work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. I've had such a good time chatting with you. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.